Hillary here with my very first high impact podcast. And the high impact podcast is just going to be all things people, places, Knoxville and beyond. I want to connect you to the people that I'm so glad to have in my lives. I want to share value to all of you guys. I want to, with this podcast, I want to encourage everybody to really make that next step and to actually have high impact. So today we will be talking to my mom, commonly referred to as Mama Jane. She is an amazing mother to me, but to all of my friends, she is definitely, definitely that second mom um, and first mom to, to a couple of them. So um, so glad to have her on. We're going to kind of get to know her. We're going to get to know a little bit about her life and what makes her her. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast and I hope you, um, I hope you stay tuned because the High Impact Podcast is really going to bring tons of value to you. I just know it will. Thank you guys for listening. Good morning, Mom. Hi. Hi. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I So all of my friends love my mom more than they love me. I'm, not true. I'm totally used to that. I, I know it. It's just a fact. Um, I could count 10 people without even thinking that, that would want to hear from Mama Jane before they'd ever want to hear from me. So I thought it would be cool to bring you in and just kind of talk about you. I mean, Everybody loves you, so let's let them get to know you. Does that sound good? That sounds great. Okay, well, I do have a list of uh, questions here in case we kind of need a need prompting, but I just kind of wanted to start off. Just tell everybody a little bit about um, about you and kind of where you grew up and and your story there. Well, I grew up in Middle Tennessee in a little community called Morrison, and that's about seventy miles southeast of of uh, Nashville and lived on a farm, had five brothers and sisters, and it was pretty much a Walton-esque life. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, I was, a, I was a country girl, went to a little country school for 11 years, and then they consolidated our schools, and I, I graduated in a class of 357. Wow. So when you say uh, you were a farm girl, because I really can't picture it. I know you've told me stories about sitting in the garden and just eating a tomato. I love them. Did you help with, did Pa and Granny, did they have animals, right, and vegetables, like gardens? and? They did. Uh, pa raised crops. He raised a lot of crops. And, and even as a little bitty girl, they let me ride on the combine. Oh. Or Pa would let me drive the tractor in front of him. I mean, I can remember that as a little bitty girl. Oh, my goodness. And, um... I didn't. I didn't like to work too much though, on the farm. Really? Because really. you're such a hard worker now, which we'll get to later. But that. So you didn't like the farm work. I didn't like it. So and every every year we would go after the reapers went in the cornfields and we would pick up cobs of corn and put them in a tow sack, and we'd sell them. And that's how we got the money to take to the fair, to the oh. Warren County Fair. Gotcha. So that was a big deal back then, the fair. And still is. For all my Warren County friends, I feel like the fair is still a big deal. And I really, really didn't care anything about doing that. So my oldest brother, Phil, would pick up corn and put it in my bag for me. Oh. <laughs> now, okay, so Phil is the oldest, mm-hmm. Sue, mm-hmm. Phil, Sue, Kay, mm-hmm. Aunt Jo, who mm-hmm. is no longer here with us. That's but right. Tons of fun. And then you, so you're the second oldest, and then my Uncle John, yes, right? Yes, so that's six. right. There were six of us. So you, um, you finished school, and from what I understand, you cheered 
Did you cheer or anti-basketball? No. Well, okay. I tried the basketball thing, but my sister Joe was the basketball player. Okay. So were you a but cheerleader I while was, she would play? Mm, sometimes, know? yeah. So, uh, yeah, for a, a year or two I was. Hmm. But, um, yes, I was a cheerleader and uh, in the beta club, and I didn't like home economics. So Now, that surprises me, too, knowing you now. So I took one year, which I had to take. Yeah. And uh, then I took German the other two years to yeah. get out of home economics. And I know you, which you still like the German. You still like that stuff, though. But um, I know that you're super smart, and you probably wouldn't brag about that. Uh, yeah. But you did. You graduated um, number 10 in your class, right? Well, actually, I graduated in the top 10, but there were 11 of us because there was a tie. And that was, was that tie with you and Linda King by any chance? I don't have, no, I don't think they ever told us. But Linda King was in the top 10. She was. Okay. Linda was. And I wound up having Linda for um, calculus in high school. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah, so she's definitely smart too. Okay, so after high school, you came here to Knoxville to UT. Tell me about, um, tell me about the UT experience. What did you think (laughs) about it then? Well, I enjoyed it a whole lot. I, uh. Too much? Probably one of my, but one of my, one of my main favorite things was going to the Christian Student Center at night. They had devotionals. And so we had quite a group. It was kind of like our own little fraternity slash sorority. Now, you recently told me when we went up to the Smokies for your birthday that you and some of those Christian student friends would just camp out on the side of the road, right? Angie and me, I remember us, she borrowed Eddie's car because neither one of us had a car over here. And she borrowed Eddie's car, and we drove up to the mountains and just pulled sleeping bags out of that car and slept by the side of the road. And I woke up in the middle of the night, and there was a skunk that big, and he was probably a foot from my head. Unbelievable. But he didn't, he didn't, he didn't bother us. He went on. I can't believe, and I remember telling you this back in December when, you, when I first heard that story. I cannot believe that you guys just pulled off on the side of the road and pulled up a sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. We did. Two girls. Two girls. I can't believe that. We I, sure did. I can't believe it. Okay, so UT, you, you had a, a great time. What happened um, What happened there? Well, I decided I wanted to uh, stay home in, in Warren County and work a while. Okay. So I did, and from there I got married. Got married. Had me. No, I didn't have you on that first marriage. Oh, oh. Mm-mm. No, that's right. That marriage lasted fourteen months, right? <laughs> and then the second marriage happened, and that's when I had you. Gotcha. gotcha. And after I had you, it lasted uh, <laughs> for five more months, but I couldn't take care of all of us. Yeah. So definitely. So you worked a ton. I've worked a lot. I know, and you're still mm-hmm. working. Even I'm still working. Retired ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're still still working. So tell me about. Um, Obviously, I know the the um, the health issues. We lived it. We've lived that to, together. Yeah. But um, I think folks, when they think of you, they think of how resilient you are and what all you've been through and what you've overcome and your cheerful disposition in spite of all that. So can you tell us about, do you remember much about that very first sickness? I do. Um, I remember all my life having little deja vu feelings just ever so often and I didn't know what they were and I would ask mother and she said oh Jane everybody feels funny sometimes well I had one of those little deja vu feelings 
at River Park Hospital in the business office one day, and it turned into a grandma seizure, and I was sent to Vanderbilt, where they found a large tumor in my brain. Now, from what I remember, so Dr. Vaughn Allen was your surgeon. He was. That one, and has been for many of them. Very mm-hmm. thankful for, for him since retired, but um, from what I remember, and I was just four when all that happened, and you were, you know, a single mom mm-hmm. and four-year-old and sick, Um I remember them saying that one was the size of a grapefruit. Does that sound right to you? That's what he said. And I remember they shaved your head. They did. um, Which would have been traumatic for almost any woman that I know. And then I remember um, I was sent to to live here in Knoxville with Aunt Kay for six weeks or or two Mm -hmm. months, maybe. They were real good to take care of you. Yeah. And she was a teacher. So, it you know, it kind of worked out. She always had that nurturing, um, you know, uh, vibe. So it was really cool. And she had three boys who I adore, Sean, Jason, and Austin. So we're more like brothers than brothers and sisters and cousins to me, in my opinion. But after that first brain surgery, do you remember kind of your revelation? Well, my revelation was uh, I had been in Vanderbilt Hospital in Nashville, and I was so intrigued since I already worked in a hospital in the business office. I was so intrigued that I decided I wanted to become an RN. And what had you done before, what was your occupation when you I got did sick? accounts payable. Okay. So you were still in a hospital, but you definitely weren't a nurse. Absolutely. Okay. So um, I talked to both my business office manager and the director of nursing, and we figured out a way that I could uh, work two, two and a half days a week on the nursing floor as a, as a certified nursing assistant and um, wow. go to school. So I wound up during my during my 21 months of school, which is what it took, I wound up working or going to school seven days a week through the whole thing up till my last quarter, and then I had one day off through the week, and I had you. So, so I had some really good people that helped. You had really good people, but you also have drive and determination that most people, I don't know if they would have had that. I don't know if people would have sat up. Keep in mind, um, for anybody who doesn't know, just to be graphic, you know, shaved her head completely, basically sawed into the skull to remove a grapefruit-sized tumor. She's got, at that was it stitches or stitches on the first one instead of staples back uh, then? No, I, th- I think it was staples. I was think it? it was. Her head, you know, laced up like shoestrings on the top, and she this woman just sits up and says, I think I want to be a nurse. So that's crazy. How, on a, on a scale of one to ten, how difficult was going to school, having a small child, making ends meet, not having time off, 10 being extremely difficult, one being a breeze? It was probably about an eight and a half. I I, I said, I've I've always said it was like boot camp, and I don't know what boot camp's like, but to me it was like boot camp. I think most people would rather go to boot camp than have their... I don't know, I don't know, but anyway, it... it, um, it, it's, it was hard to to make all the ends meet and everything, but it worked out. I had a lot of good help. It did work out. And so you've been a nurse now for? Since 85. So this is 2021. How many years is that? 36? It's a long time. Is that right? I think it Hashtag is. Hashtag math. Mm-hmm. Um, 36 years. And you tried to retire 2020 or 2019? 2020? January of 2020. Mm-hmm. And now you're you're still you're still working one ish days a week, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was working two days a week, but 
long story short, I've had to have um, nine other surgeries related to that first brain surgery. Yep. And um, I developed hydrocephalus, and so they had to put a shunt. And so part of those surgeries have been due to that shunt. Yes, and in my opinion, just being an onlooker, not not being the one that's going through it, in my opinion, those have been worse than the actual tumor removal. So what happened is the initial tumor um, shattered, and then filaments of that are still free-floating in the the spinal fluid. fluid. Mm -hmm. And so they can wall off and then become subsequent different Mm -hmm. types of... um, or not different, but in different locations. Uh-huh. It's all the same epidermoid type, right? It's just... As far as I can understand, it is. But those those fragments are still floating he, from that original He says tumor. they're little pea-sized pieces that float through my And so fluid. they can just attach or wall off mm-hmm. and then become whatever they become. Mm-hmm. So by my math, I think you've had six... Um, I've heard them called craniotomies or craniectomies, with, where they actually go in and remove tumors, and then four... Is that right? Four? No. Now, no. Five and five. Is it five and five? It's five and five now. Okay. So mm-hmm. the initial shunt insertion and then four revisions of the shunt. So mm-hmm. so 10 brain surgeries, all equally, we call them brain surgeries because even though um, the shunt is is not cutting into the brain, it's still um, messing with the equilibrium of that fluid, right? right. So it's still swelling and pressure and, and all that. So 10 brain surgeries, you're still working. Do people ever ask you? How in the world do you do it? I don't think they care. I think they just won't. I think the place needs to be filled, and I feel it. But, I mean, your friends, your family, do people, do you think people look at you and say? I think some of them do. I think some people are are really kind of amazed. But this is why I was put on this earth for some reason. I don't, I, I can't explain it. I think we all have a reason for living. We do. And, and yours is definitely, I feel like, that compassion. I think that I'm supposed to help people. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so, too. And I, I, I think, I'm, I mean, I'm biased, but I think that most people probably um, around 1985 or so would have probably said, I'm going to just try to get disability. I'm just going to ride this all the way out. I've thought about that before, but um, disability is not that easy to get. And um, not only that, but you're kind of selling yourself. If you get if you go ahead and get your disability, you're saying, okay, you know, I can't do I can't do any kind of work anymore, so I'll just take whatever they hand out to me, and usually it's not that much. And I feel like mentally you would have just been. It's just probably better for you. It's harder, but it's probably better for you to work. You do have a calling. You do have that drive, um, and your patients are mostly. Would you say they're mostly geriatric? Right now they are. Yes, I do home health. But right throughout now. your career, would you have? Would you say that? Probably with home health. So you you did floor nursing for a long time, mm-hmm. as long as your body would allow it, and then you went more to the where you can kind of have those breaks. Everybody knows that med surge nurses just don't get breaks, and they're running all the time. So you chose home health, and you've been doing that for a long time. I have. Would you say those patients are mostly geriatric? They are, but but then again, I have several different kinds too. I just feel like that's your gift set mm-hmm. is that geriatric patient um, who may be near the end of life or or able to at least see it, and you can offer that piece when you're talking about your what what you're put here to do. Would you? Do you think so? Probably so. But then again, I've had some children that I think that have they've really enlightened my life. And uh, when when you see when you go through. Uh, the grieving process, 
for a child with cancer, it's like what I have is nothing compared to what they have. Mm-hmm. They, wow. they're just like, um, I mean, they know where they're going, and they're so uplifting. So Very, you've learned a lot, I guess, from even the little ones. I have. I've mm-hmm. learned a lot from the little ones and and from the older ones in, the, in between. <laughs> and you're, you're still still seeing them, still working a day a week? One day a week. Or, or so, or mm-hmm. a little bit more when they when they may need you. Um, how hard is that? Do you Are you still liking it? Do you see that you'll have to end that at some point soon? I do see that. I, I see that because the human body just ages, and that's all that you can say about it. It just gets older. And um, you can't do what you used to could do. So I can see that coming to an end. I don't really want it to right now. But I come home some days very, very tired. I can understand why. And I still have computer work to do, you know. So So let's switch gears totally. So last year you bought your very first home. I did. So tell me, first of all, why were you scared or why did you think that you couldn't or didn't want to buy a home for all, for 67 years? I was a single mom, and um, I don't do that much maintenance and, and that sort of thing myself, and I needed to know that there would always be somebody there to do the maintenance. And so living in an apartment, you typically have a maintenance person there mm-hmm. able to help if if you get a leak or, you know, even if your TV might need to be hung or what have you. So that mm-hmm. just gave you comfort. It did. So what kind of shifted for you? Uh, my daughter went into real estate. That's me. That's you. That's me. That's me. I'm the daughter. <laughs> and uh, I, I, it just happened to dawn on me that I could buy a condo and still have that uh, peace of mind knowing that there would be somebody there in the HOA that would help me. It's a beautiful thing. I remember talking to you, though, before you bought, you were like, they're not going to loan me money. People don't loan people my age money. You really thought that. Well, I thought that you couldn't buy a home when you were my age because you finance it for usually for 30 years. And, hey, I'll be doing well to be be around. (laughs) I pray you are. But, yeah, I see see that. But so how how do you feel on this side? You've been there nine months. How do you feel on this side of the home purchase? I feel very good. I feel I feel very good about it. Uh, It's coming together. It Mm -hmm. didn't. So pretty. Oh, thank you. It didn't all. It didn't just get there, you know, overnight. But it's coming together, and I feel safe there. And um, I have my privacy. I can cook whatever I want to, and I have gotten to where I'm cooking more and baking the okay. sourdough bread and stuff. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and that sort of thing. And I, I, I feel like I feel like that. You know, that's just gonna keep going. That sort of thing. It will. It will. So. Um, in the, in the grand scheme of things, I don't know what area of the country our listeners are in right now, but for Knoxville, an average two bedroom, um, here on the, on the West side is going to be twelve thirteen hundred $1,300. Um, so how do you feel? Because you, you can obviously buy cheaper or for less money per month than you can rent. So how does, how do those savings make you feel? Um, does that give you any comfort or? It does. It, it lets me know I'm going to be able to stay in my own home longer. And possibly actually retire. Uh-huh. Because I feel like if you were still living, now granted, you lived in a really nice 
apartment before. I did. But it was way more. And it was a one bedroom. It was way more than the the mortgage that you're paying now. So I feel like you would have had to have either moved into a, an area that you say maybe didn't love or you would have had to have sacrificed comforts, you know, things like that in order to be able to stay in the apartment. So I feel like this gives you that peace. It does. It really does. I stayed in the general area that I wanted to stay in. Uh, Of course, that apartment was on the lake, Mm -hmm. and I loved that (laughs) because my favorite two things in life are the lake or water and mountains. Mm -hmm. And so here I'm kind of close to both. But I moved away from off the lake, and I'm still close to the mountains, and I can go to the lake anytime I want to. And when you save hundreds per month, you can go to the the beach or the water or the mountains anytime you want to. That's true. Well, tell me, um, I know that, I kind of want to just talk about about you a little bit. What do you, we eat Mexican every, (laughs) every Sunday. I love it. These people know us by name. But other than Mexican, tell me, like, just really quick, I want to shoot some things at you. What's your favorite food other than Mexican? Uh, probably Italian. Italian? Like mm-hmm. any particular place that you love here in Knoxville? Um, I like Bravo. It is a really good one. I like that. I've been to Altruda's and I liked it, but I, I probably like Bravo. Better. It is a great one. Their bread is delicious. Mm-hmm. Favorite alcoholic drink? Tequila. What kind? Um, 1800, Jose Cuervo. That's right. 1800, and it's kind of going out of style, I understand that, but um, it's still my favorite. Going out of style, Uh I cannot. What else do you absolutely love to do? Do you have hobbies? I know you talked about the sourdough bread, but... I love to sing. I love art. I hadn't gotten back into my art, and I need to. I need to do that. I like to write poetry, so I am very artistically inclined um, and you studied art at UT. That's what you came here to study, right? I did. So, art education was yeah. what I was eventually going to do, and I switched over to English. So, can you? Is there anything you could sing for us? Just a, a phrase or two? Probably. Um, let me think. Just think. You've you've actually sung in weddings. I remember growing up when you were in a couple weddings mm-hmm. back in the day. I don't, no, no pressure. Just a bar or two. But I owe you. Sunlight in the morning to the nights of honest loving the time can't take away. And I owe you. Thank you so much for being here this morning. I wanted all of my friends and basically the world to get to know you. And I feel like we've kind of done that in a nutshell. I just appreciate you so much for being here. I love you so much. Thank you. I love you too. And thank you for being such a big part of my life and my friends' lives. I'm so glad that I've got you. Oh, You're my little angel here on earth. Thank you. I appreciate you being here, and um, we'll get you back on and do some some more singing. Very good. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome.